0: The former first round pick of the Bears and now Rodgers sits down a loss of ten on the play and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play see what happened at the end of it take a look here at the very end and uh, hard to Hard to see of course he he had the the calf issue in training camp but here's a little better look as far as what might have happened for him to go back down to the ground and he's coming out of the game. Aaron Rodgers Uh, his time with the Jets was very 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 short and came to a very disappointing end Uh, huge ramifications for All-American Dynasty as well as Brett Carpenter's chances in the playoffs Uh, we'll talk about that some other crazy things that happened in week one we'll go over some of the games that we had uh, the surprises and we'll also talk about all the things I was wrong about from last week's pod stay tuned As we all know by now, unless you were out in the middle of the wilderness with uh, two other dudes doing dude stuff with nobody watching, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles to pieces. Pretty much shredded that thing. I believe it was like the third or fourth play of the game. He uh, got hit, stood up. You could tell he was limping right away, and then he sat down on the field, hobbled off, and uh, that was that. Uh, Zach Wilson came in, played terribly. Actually, I think he ended up playing better in the second half. They ended up beating the Bills, thanks to some Josh Allen turnovers. But uh, yeah, Brett is scrambling, as many teams are probably all over fantasy football. You know, we talked about this on the pod. The guys that are quarterback rich, you know, are going to be able to, you know, broker some deals, probably. Brett, Brett needs some help. Uh, some other teams need some help because, I'll be honest, Ryan Tannehill looked washed, just awful. Some other quarterbacks around the league, again, didn't look great either. While I don't think anybody's in in as bad a shape as as uh, Brad is right now, just simply because he doesn't have another option. You know, there are some you know potential fits you know around the league that could happen. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about some other stuff that happened. Uh, the Bengals or a big surprise from week one, they got just absolutely demolished by the Browns. The score wasn't that bad, 24 to three, I believe. But the game itself was terrible. Like the the Bengals could not do anything. Quarterback Joe Burrow, who just signed a huge deal right before the game, only threw for 82 yards. He was sacked twice. Uh, Jamar Chase had five catches for 39 yards. And uh, T. Higgins had eight targets and zero catches. So. It was an absolute disaster for the Bengals. And if you had Bengals on your roster or in DFS or anything, you had a pretty bad day. Collins' team relies a lot on the Bengals. And uh, so his his overall score kind of, you know, kind of showed that quite a bit. On the flip side of things, there are the Dolphins. If you had Dolphins in your lineup, you probably won. In fact, in some people's cases, they probably literally saved their entire day. Tua threw for over 400 yards, 466, three touchdowns, and a pick. And uh, Tyreek Hill, as we all know, had 11 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns. That kind of stuff, I believe he had just over 40 points uh, for Chris's team. You, you can't come back from that, you know? If the rest of your team just scores just average, you're you're going to be sitting very well with a 40-burger on your roster. So the Miami Dolphins look like they are going to be an absolute show the rest of the season. And honestly, we talked about that on the pod prior to the season starting that as long as Tua stayed healthy, you know, they should be great and uh, Brett should be solid there. But, you know, if, if Tua starts taking hits, they start dealing with the concussions again, you know, that could be that could be a big loss. And I'll say this too, just the overall play of the NFL wasn't that great this weekend. There seemed to be a lot of sloppy games, a lot of games that were seemingly very close that shouldn't have been. For example, the Commanders and, and Cardinals. The Cardinals played well, considering Josh Dobbs had only been on the team for a few weeks. Another one was the Raiders and Broncos. I don't really know who necessarily should have won that game, but uh, very close, very low scoring, you know, slugfest type of thing. The The Seahawks. I have no idea. I thought the Seahawks were going to absolutely obliterate the Rams, but that didn't happen. The Rams actually won very handedly without Cooper Cup. Pooka shout out. And then you got the absolute disaster that happened on Sunday night in uh, New York with the Cowboys absolutely curb stomping the Giants. 40-0. to I tried to watch that game. I tried to go as long as I could. It was very difficult. It was, it was very, very difficult. Daniel Jones and that offense did not look good. In fact, we'll talk about that later And some of the things I was super, super wrong about on last week's pod. Uh, let's go over some of the games, fantasy football games from the last week. Just talk about their scores and, and, and sort of what happened. Oh, that's what it is. The week one report shows the most scored. Yeah, who cares about that? Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, if you get off on scoring a ton of points every week and being the number one or top three scoring, to just come on. Nobody cares about that stuff. All that matters is that you win. All that matters is that you beat the person on the other side. I don't care if you win score 117 points like I did. As long as you win, win's a win. Nobody cares how many points you score. That 157 couldn't care less. Does it feel good? Sure. But, uh you know, you can score 157 points and lose easily. So uh, don't get caught up in those those numbers. Uh, so yeah, I, I beat Colin. His team, again, Joe Burrow was terrible. Uh, Chase did not get there. D.J. Moore only had two receptions. Really, really bad showing all around. Kenny Pickett looked absolutely lost. Really bad. I mean, my team wasn't much better. McCaffrey saved my lineup. Uh but yeah, that zero from Higgins. We had Kirk Christian Kirk. <laughs> Almost did it again. We had Christian Kirk with 1.9, only had one catch. So yeah, it was rough week there. The Goonches put it to Team Rick. Rick uh scored like 118. He would have beat my team. That would have been cool to come in and get a win like that. Aaron Jones played really well for him over on the Goonch's side. B. John Robinson just Pollard, Alave, Pittman. Mooney. How the hell did Mooney? Oh my God. It's terrible. All those guys did really well. So looking very good for him. He's got Algier on the bench. You know, it'd be cool to see him do like a double, double up thing where he he plays Robinson and Algier. I guess they play somebody really bad against the run. Nugs got a pretty easy victory over Mark. Mark's team just, again, just didn't show up like a few others. Lockett scored really bad. Mark. We talked about this in the pod. Mark starting their own quarterback. Course, he did. He had Sam Howell at 17 and Mac Jones on his bench, scored 28. In fact, all his quarterbacks actually did really well, so nothing to be super ashamed about. But Najee and and Saquon just, just rough day. Uh, over on Nug's side, Eckler had a monster game. I'm really gonna regret doing that. I feel like I did it maybe a year too soon and definitely didn't get enough back. Dark side took care of the bombers, of course. Dark side had the 40 burger and he was able to overcome Lamar Jackson's terrible eight points and Drake London putting up a goose egg. So again, that's what a 44.5 score can do for you. And then the game of the week was obviously Bergang versus Purple, 129.14 to 127.54. It looked like uh, Bergang was going to lose. Rodgers obviously got a zero. So overcoming that has got to be huge, got to feel good for for Bergang. Diggs had a big night uh on Monday. And Tua obviously scored really well as well. So uh yeah, it, you gotta feel good for Brett, you know, to be able to pull that one out. It, it's sort of like what happened with the Jets. You know, once Rodgers goes down, I'm sure he was thinking, yeah, it's done. And somehow he pulled uh pulled out the win. So this week, uh, we got some good games. Myself and Burgang are going at it. Dark side and Nuggs are going at it. That should be a really Really, really good game. So uh, week two is looking pretty nice. I know things usually like correct themselves a little bit in week two. So I expect a little bit higher scores, a little bit better overall play. Uh, We'll see if that's the case. All right. So now we're going to talk about the things I was wrong about on the pod. Uh, Number one, I said on the pod that I felt like the Giants were going to have a really good offense. I thought Daniel Jones was going to take a step forward, that they had some weapons around him, including Darren Waller. And that was absolutely not the case. He was sacked just relentlessly. Turnovers. It's a good thing. I'm just super glad they don't play Dallas every week. Because they look for real. They look scary. We talked about it Sunday night. I don't even think Dak really did that much. They were just crazy. Seven sacks, two interceptions. Daniel Jones also had a couple fumbles. Yeah, so it it was not great. I think Waller, there, there it is. Waller had five targets three for 36. Yeah. It's just absolute domination there. So wrong about that. That's number one. Next up is Antonio Gibson for the commanders. I think I said on the pod that, uh, I felt like he was gonna, he was being overlooked and that, uh, he was going to make a a very big player in the, uh, offense there that's ran by Eric Benemy. but no, no, he had three, three rushes for nine yards and one catch for 10 yards and a lost fumble. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. Doesn't look like he's going to be a huge factor in this offense. Brian Robinson uh, rushed 19 times. So, yeah, not not looking great there. In fact, I think Brian Robinson had more targets than Gibson as well. So, And then the other thing I was super wrong about was uh, the Miami Dolphins running back, Devin A-Chain. I think I said Arcane last week. I don't know where I came up with the R. I don't know where I came up with the K sound. But yeah, it's A-Chain. Devin, A-Chain, not Arcane. So yeah. um, Trying to think of what else I was wrong about. <laughs> I said I didn't think Pat's team would be... Uh, he would kind of sneak into the playoffs and, and probably wouldn't have made the playoffs in our division. But uh, his team looked pretty good. Again, don't ca- get caught up in those numbers each week. But yeah, his team showed up. It looks deep. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So... uh Get on the message board and let me know what you think I was most wrong about. Was it the Giants offense being good? Was it Antonio Gibson being involved? Or was it Devin A-Chain's last name? Tell me what you think on the message board. Like, let me have it. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, Rick, the new owner. I sent out an email. I don't know that everybody got it. But I just want to break down real quick how all that was determined. We had several guys that we were looking at. There was a guy at work that said he would be interested if we ever had an opening. I I reached out to him. He was like, yeah, I'm down. The only problem is, is uh, he was in here a couple of years ago and had some trade issues and then he quit. So I really wasn't going to go down that path unless we were absolutely desperate. And at the time we weren't crazy desperate at the moment. So we, we didn't go that route. We had another guy at work uh, that Jeff mentioned. I wasn't, 100% sure what his background was in Dynasty. I think he plays a lot of redraft. Um, He was very knowledgeable about football, but I think he was mostly with redraft. And then uh, obviously we had Barry from Kerry's other league that uh, Matt or Pat and uh, Mark know really well. So, you know, we just started breaking those options down. And then I, I was kind of waiting on Barry to get back with me because I let him have access to the league and he was just kind of looking around. And uh He sort of ghosted me for about 24 hours. So in that time, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to send out a, uh, like an ad on, on Reddit. And within like 12 hours, within that 24 hours, I was waiting on Barry to get back with me. We had like six or seven guys that were interested. I made a spreadsheet. I put all their information in there, like how much experience they had, how much dynasty experience they had, whether or not they used sleeper before all of them had, it was very popular. If they'd ever rebuild a team before, like just different things like that. And uh, you know, we racked and stacked them between me and like two other two other members of the league. And I and it was random, but I was really trying to get very uh unbiased opinions and Mark Newberry, Pat Newberry, Jeff Newberry from uh when they were in the when he was in that league, and then obviously Carrie Newberry. So I you utilized uh Brett and Chris. So we, we talked about it and we all sort of had Rick number one on our list and yeah, we, we broke it all down and then we had two guys, Rick and uh, this other guy that I think he was in the Navy and um, I think he just got out of the Navy. So, you know, he was looking to get in the league. Like none of his, the guys that he played with really wanted to play dynasty. So he'd been trying for a few years to get in an established league. And I really liked the idea that that would have been his main league. Like he was just trying to find one, but, uh, you know, Barry just had so much more experience when I talked to him over on Reddit. Like he actually posted pictures of some of the teams he, he had rebuilt and uh, we were just really impressed. So we offered it to him. He got on there Thursday night, looked around, got on the message board a little bit. And, uh, the next day, I think it was actually Sunday m- or Saturday morning. He actually let me know that he was, he was down to play and uh, ready to go. And as you've seen so far, he has been using the waiver wire to pretty much revamp the entire uh, backside of that roster because it was really, really bad. I don't know if anybody paid attention to it, but there were literally players on there that had retired from the NFL that were still in that roster. And that just goes to show why we made that decision. We re- I really wanted to, Find someone with dynasty experience that was my number one goal. Um, would I love to find a friend of ours or a neighbor or something like that that everybody's cool with and and gets along with really well? Sure, you know, but my main concern was to find someone who's actually good at dynasty football and has talent and understands what they're doing. That was my main thing, and uh at the end of the day that's that's sort of what he brings to the table, and I think we're all seeing it like. He understands, you know, what he's doing. He's using the waiver wire. He's putting guys on the trade block. It. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does with the team. I think uh, we found somebody that actually knows what they're doing, has some skills, has some talent. And, uh, you know, year two, year three, he might rebuild that team. Is he going to stay long-term? I don't know. You know, if he rebuilds that team and gets it competitive and then walks away in a few years, that's great because that means we have a team that's established as opposed to, Hey, we're bringing in people to take over crappy teams. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to increase the competitiveness. It's going to increase the, uh, overall skill of our league. And I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. No hard feelings to anybody else. Obviously I talked to Barry. Um, he was really cool about it. I kind of give him props for that. Like, you know, he was really, really understanding about the whole thing. So, uh, like I said, I just wanted to kind of go over real quick what, uh, what went into the search and uh, what, what factors we were really looking at the most. So again, crazy week one, a lot of crazy things happened. You know, the big injury to Rogers is probably the, the, the biggest storyline, but there were many other head scratching things. You know, why are the Bengals Are the Bengals bad all of a sudden, you know, who's going to be able to stop the Dolphins? Are they going to put up crazy numbers every week? You know, are are the bills bad now? Like it's, Is Mahomes going to be able to find anybody to throw the ball to? I'll I'll leave everybody with this. If there, if you, if I play, I've been playing some prize pick prop, player props. It's actually kind of fun. Chris does that as well. I know Brett kind of dabbles. If there was a prop for Kadarius Tony next week for 25 yards receiving, would you take it the over under? And I think somebody at work said, what if they put it at 0.5 receptions? Would you take it? I don't know. I don't think he's going to be a part of the. Their, their offense very much but we'll see he can rebound like every other team that played poorly this week uh, that's all I got like, I wanted to get on here and do a really quick podcast and uh, review the week and talk about a few things so thanks for listening and we will see you next week, good luck everybody in week two linebacker now for the Texans and a run for big yardage, and a first down. Popped it into the secondary before Eric Murray could finally make the stop. And Devon A-chain, all the way out to the 35, moves the chains for Miami, a pickup of 20.